to his master, brandishing the only weapon at his disposal. But a flick of Arian's wrist sent his crop into the dust. She held up a hand to motion him to stillness, and as she did, the sun glinted off the gold circlet on her upper arm. A murmur of astonishment whispered through the slave chain at the sight of it. The boy, scrawny and dirty in his tattered rags, fell back from his master, his blue eyes bright in a wind-reddened face. With slow-considered movements, Arian slipped to the ground while Sinia unhooked the ring of keys from the belt tied at the slave master's waist. One by one, she unlocked the iron rings that had bound the long row of women to the slave chain and each other. As Sinia moved up and down the ranks of the women, she saw scarred wrists, broken fingers, bruised arms, and shadowed weary faces, emptied of expectation. She touched each woman with a soft word and a kind gesture, and as she passed down the line, she ripped the dust-blue netting from each face, freeing the women's skin and eyes to the brush of wind and sun. Muted cries followed in her wake. "'This is the legend!' the women whispered back and forth. "'It cannot be real!' Arian pushed back her hood, her dark hair falling loose about her shoulders. The familiar gasp of surprise followed her action as she came to stand before the slave master. He turned his bearded, sunburned face up to hers, his eyes narrowed against the sight of skin and hair uncovered. The gold circlets closed about Arian's upper arms with leather ties, in the manner of the companions of Hera. She had done this many times before, but Arian still took a breath to fortify her courage before she spoke. Do you know who I am, slave master? He seemed stunned by the sight of her, straight-backed with confidence, unfettered. He struggled to speak. How have I offended, companion? Why did you kill my men? He spoke the common tongue, with the guttural accent of his native dialect. "'Why have you chained these women?' she asked by way of answer. "'Where were you taking them?' The man looked angry. Arian felt the tension of the boy who stood poised behind her, his mouth agape at the sight of Arian's hair. She felt a twinge of empathy. The boy was unloved, abandoned, enslaved. He would be used until broken, then discarded. No fate for a child to face. Pursuing the slave chains was Arian's means of disrupting that fate. The man on his knees studied her. Do you not know the laws of this country? These women have no guardians, no homes. They pollute the public square with their hands held out for arms. Because you killed their men and their children, Arian concluded. The slave master tried to struggle to his feet. With a gesture she sketched with her hand, Arian sent him to his knees again. Instead of feeding them, you enslaved them, and you take them elsewhere, far from their homes, for some deadlier purpose. What purpose, slave master? I wish to know it. The man's face darkened. As with all the men she had dealt with before this one, 
Arian could read his anger in the rigidity of his limbs, just as she could feel his urge to strike and strike hard. Arian pitied him his anger. I do not answer to you, companion. I serve the Imolan. Arian rubbed her forehead, then turned to her friend. Have you finished, Sinia? I have. The blue-robed women gathered in little clusters behind Sinia. What do you want to do with this one? Sinia prodded the boy. Arian's eyes found the boy, read something in his face, then glanced at the women. I do not think this man will prove to be any different than the others. She motioned to the pack horses that accompanied the slave chain. My sisters, take what you wish from these horses and flee from here as quickly as you can. Find your